Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Richard Herring. Well, thank you very much. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. Uh, this is the second Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe podcast, uh, which will be going out live on the internet, almost live. Uh, you're the live audience here. Thank you for coming. Uh, and um, yeah, if you <coughs> listen to the first one, just eating the salmon bagel, mistake just before the show, multigrain. Just caught in the back of my throat. Lovely start. Uh, you'll know that uh, the winner of the competition at the end of the last show uh, came on stage and knocked over uh, the recording equipment I was using on stage. It cost £300, Tascam digital recorder. <coughs> it was all right. The, we lost that recording. Luckily, it was uh, done through the desk. And uh, I was about to use it again uh, today. And then I was just checking it was all right. And I put it down on the table. But the table wasn't quite as long as I thought it was. <laughs> And so I just dropped it on the floor again, and the same two bits dropped off. I think it's going to work, but it seems determined to destroy that. So that it's all shame that didn't happen again live on on the show. Uh, but uh, yeah, we uh, uh, Edinburgh sort of got going. Uh, anyone's been to see anything yet? Yeah. What, anything? What's what's been good that people have seen? Anyone want to volunteer? Andrew Maxwell. Andrew Maxwell. Good choice. Yeah. What? what where's he on? At the assembly hall, this is a way of testing that it isn't Andrew Maxwell at the back of the room. You've got to put a little... Because he'd go, I'm at the assembly hall. Oh, damn. Uh, it would have been a good impression, because he doesn't sound like that. Yeah, he's a very good comedian. Anyone seen anything weird and wonderful? Baby Bounce Candy. Baby Wants... I think Baby Bounce Candy would be better. I'm, I wanna, I'm gonna write that show. Baby Wants Candy, what's that about? It's musical improvisation. Are you in it? Are you sure? <laughs> Are you the baby? Do you want some candy? I haven't got I haven't got any. Well, you know, I've seen a six-foot-tall man in a purple baby suit walking around town. Anything's possible in the Edinburgh Fringe. I actually saw that yesterday, and then I saw what I thought was uh, some people larking about, because it's Edinburgh. Last night, walking back to, the, uh, to my flat from the venue, and uh, two guys ran past laughing, and then they were followed by a girl, sort of who seemed to be shouting and laughing, running really fast after them. And then it became apparent that, obviously, those two guys had just nicked her phone, and she was trying to chase after them. Uh, so it's kind of like street theatre. I gave it four stars. It was very exciting. <laughs> But I kind of regretted the fact I couldn't sort of just trip them up. I, it was too late. To, and they didn't do like at the beginning of train spotting. I thought that you had this sort of self-policing thing with criminals here in Edinburgh that if anyone commits a crime, then a car comes out from a blind alley and knocks you over, right? That's down by the gym where I've just been. And I'm kind of in, I'm in a bad mood today. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry about that. I'm going to have to share it with you. Yeah. Because uh, A, I've been to the NatWest Bank to try and pay in my coins that I collect at my other show for... Uh, for charity, and uh, there's a coin machine there, but both times I've been in, it hasn't worked, and I'm carrying loads of coins, and then they go, and I go, went up to get some bags, and she said, you know there's a coin machine, you can pay the coins, I said, yes, I do know that, I've just tried to do it, I am not very happy about it, so I was annoyed about that, then I went to the gym, the Virgin Gym, I'm going to name it, name and shame it, um, and I've been there for years, okay, I've come there, go, it's pretty much the only time I use it, it costs £70 a month, and I use it for one month in Edinburgh for about four days, and then get too tired to do it anymore, and it's always been fine, and I went in today, and they gave me my card, and I said, was, I'm, you know, my club's in West London, and they said, and I went for a towel, and they said, it's a pound for the towel, and that's never happened before, they had to pay them a pound, I paid a pound for a towel, and I, I, I was very nice, because the Virgin Gyms, a few months ago, I was in one of those, and I didn't make a big fuss about this at the time, I could have sued them, I could have sued Ian Virgin for everything he's worth. 
Because a few months ago, I went in and had a shower in a virgin gym, and I put in the shampoo, and that was fine. Then I put in the conditioner, and suddenly there was a strong smell of feces in the shower, like it smelled of shit. I'm not saying it was shit, but it smelled exactly of shit. And I couldn't work out where this shit... I thought someone had shat themselves in another cubicle. Uh, and then I realised it was sort of all around me. And then I looked at the conditioner... Uh, container on the wall there and there was something brown inside it I'm not saying it was shit but it was brown and I had this smell and I couldn't get it out for ages and I went and said you know I, I told them about it and there was a there was a guy in there and I said I think you should do something about it. when I got out of the shower I said you should I think there's something wrong with your conditioner it may be feces maybe human feces and the guy said it's not really my job that's not my area and then so I was going well someone else might use that and put what might be feces, and I'm being very careful about this, into their, <laughs> into their hair. And so then he kind of ambled off and someone, and I complained about it, and they told me it wasn't feces, and they took it all out later, and, they, and they, they said it was a chemical reaction between the detergent used to clean the, uh, the soap dispenser and the conditioner itself. That's what they claimed. That doesn't seem very likely to. Do you, if you, has anyone ever mixed together two detergents and they smell of shit? I mean, that seems poor detergents there. Just, it's not two positives make a negative, is it? And this two very clean things will actually make something really filthily dirty. So because I had to pay a pound for my towel, I'm furious about it. And it was dirty. There was all kind of orange marks on it. it Ian Ver, don't go to Virgin Gyms. I'm locked in. I can't do anything about it. Uh, they should give me free towels for life at Virgin Gym. And if they don't do now, they never will. Uh, so we'll have a quick look at the news. Um, Delighted about this. Uh, the uh, the Scottish people in the audience are going to be delighted about this. Uh, that uh, Greyfriars Bobby. The, uh, the that's what Edinburgh's basically built on the story of a small dog who sat on the grave of his master, and they built the city of Edinburgh around that grave, basically. And that's the main story. That's the thing that everyone in Edinburgh is most proud of. The little dog. Everyone. At least we got Greyfriars Bobby. Whatever else happens, those kind of blokes who dug up bodies. Forget about them. We've got that little dog who stayed on the grave. No, he didn't. It's a made-up story. It was made up according to a Welsh man. I think there's some... Uh, I want to try and create a war between Scotland and Wales. This is my ultimate dream, that you two, the two disparate nations uh, should fight and then uh, the English can come back in and take them back over again once you've exhausted each other in battle. Uh, a man in, from Cardiff University is called... Jan, well, it might be a lady, Jan or Jan Bonderson, but I guess that's... He might not even be uh, from Cardiff. It sounds like maybe we're going against the Vikings again here. Your traditional, they were traditionally your ally. <laughs> uh, no, they weren't. Uh, and they, uh, and uh, he's a senior lecturer at Cardiff University. He's not just one of the general ones. It's like if you were in, if you worked at Tony and Guy, he'd cost another fifteen pounds more. <laughs> than the regular lecturer. Uh, he says that James Brown and John Trahill, a restaurant owner, made up the whole thing to, to drum up custom for local businesses. And it's worked, doesn't it? Because there's Bobby's Bar there. I used to go in there because it greyfires Bobby in there. Uh, he claims the dog was, was a stray that was bribed with food to remain in the graveyard. This is your great... Why aren't you furious, Edmund? You should be... I can't believe people... Hung How do you say that Bobby is not real? It is real today, I tell my children that if they were like grief Ryan's Bobby, they'd be all right. Uh, the first Bobby, a mongrel, died in 1867, uh, leaving Bra Brown and Trail with a problem. Bonderson said a dead Bobby was no good for business. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd always believe, I, my, my belief is that uh, the Greyfriars Bobby story is made up uh, and then actually the truth of it was that Greyfriars Bobby was a very tiny man who sat on the grave of his dog for 20 years. That is, and they, that was too embarrassing, so they changed that to make it 
more palatable. So that's my that's my view. What do you think about that? Idiots. Yeah, I showed you. Uh, and uh, in other news, um, Heather Mills. Uh, this is kind of a very confusing story. Heather Mills is saying that she's been phone tapped like, by everyone like everyone else had a message to listen to by Piers Morgan, and she's kind of furious about this. But it's kind of weird, because the battle between Heather Mills and Piers Morgan, I'm not really sure who I should be rooting for. I'm really confused. I'm conflicted. Because I don't know. They're like the two worst people He's <laughs> uh, kind of two mendacious people, I'm saying that. That does still mean lying. I'm just hoping that's such a complicated word that they won't sue me. Uh, he's a journalist. But that's kind of, that was kind of good news that uh, they're listening listen to that. And a Swedish man has tried to make a nuclear reactor in his kitchen. And he claims, I, don't, I can't believe this is true. I think there are people just making up loads of stories because that one about the, uh, the, uh, I, the, li- the people who use Internet Explorer have an IQ of 80 was just a hoax story. <laughs> and then, it's, it's, uh, did you see that story, which was the uh, Internet Explorer? They'd done a, a, a test on all the people who use the different kinds of search engines, the different kind of whatever they're called, not the search engines, but, uh, and that the uh, Internet Explorer had an IQ of 80, which is someone with an IQ of 80 is unable to function in society. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, but then it turned out to be a hoax. It was a shame. But I heard this Swedish man being interviewed saying he brought uh, nuclear. He brought the stuff to make the atoms on his table, and then he said he would be all right. He had a Geiger counter, so if he if he split the atom, he'd be able to tell if it was getting dangerous. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, and Mr. And uh, Ron Atkinson has crashed another car, which I feel I feel kind of sorry for him because. Um, Every time he does this, just everyone goes, Mr. Bean has smashed a car. That must be kind of annoying, but he's all right. He's, broke, he's hurt his shoulder. Oh, and we were, talking about, um, uh, we were talking about the Father Ted experience in the first uh, podcast, which is this, you can have, it's a dining experience where you go along and have a meal and then some people who haven't paid Graham Linehan and Arthur Matthews, the creators of Father Ted, any m- money, pretend to be the characters from Father Ted and lark around as you're eating your food. Uh, and they did Faulty Towers last year, the same idea. And it kind of got me thinking what would be what TV shows I would quite like to have a dining experience of. I was kind of thinking a Tenko dining experience might be quite, <laughs> quite good, where they dress up as Japanese guards and just shout at you and beat you and give you sort of rice with insects in it. That would be quite good. Or a porridge. That would be quite, porridge would be quite funny. They could dress up as Mr. Mackay, but basically giving you horrible prison food. Uh, and I was thinking, what, if you broaden out a bit and make it films, the human centipede might be quite a good... <laughs> That'd be quite nice. Well, yeah, it'd be horrible, wouldn't it? That's the thing. It would be horrible. It'd be, uh. Uh, so, <laughs> but uh, you think about that because at the end of the show, we do a competition. One of you here, it's gone down because there are less of you in today. 20, look, I've put it in coins, partly because I couldn't pay in my coins at the bank. So I'm not going to steal it from Scope. Don't worry there. But it's, so it's good on the podcast. So that's the actual money. <laughs> 25 pounds. <laughs> look at that. Look at the guys there. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, whoever wins, so we'll do this true and false, true and false uh, competition at the end. Uh, but uh, then we'll whoever out who wins that who comes up with the best dining experience based on a TV show or film will win out of those two. So get your thinking caps on. Don't concentrate. And we've got uh, we've also got uh, copies. We've got some tickets for some other shows. Bridget Christie, who's fantastic, and uh, uh, Will Hodgson. So we've got three pairs of tickets. So we might distribute those during the show to people who laugh well and enjoy the show properly. And I've also got a copy of this, which is the AI Ottima Complete Pumpkin, which you can only get online. This is, a, this is an amazing... It's worth £15. Well, it costs £15. 
and, uh, and it, has ama- it has an amazing poster. You can get this at home from www.gofasterstrike.com. Look, it's got a poster of all the characters inside. It's, it's lovely. Uh, so someone was gonna, someone's going to go home with that. And it's got all extra stuff on it. I can't put that back in. I've broken it. Uh, so anyway, I'm going to get on with the uh, amazing show. And uh, my guest today is uh, he's part of a sketch troupe called, first of all, it's called Pappy's Fun Club. Then one of them, they didn't like as much, so they got rid of him. And uh, <laughs> I can't, I better be careful what I'm talking about because he can turn that back on me in a minute. Uh, and, uh, uh, and then he's in a, now they're called Pappy's. It's very different. It's, they're, I don't know if you've seen Pappy's. They're, they're very good. They're like, they remind me of, um, the, it's like a bit like the monkeys, the TV show, crossed with the PG chips chimps from the adverts. <laughs> if you go and see them, that is what they're like. They're not on, but Matthew Crosby is here. He is doing a solo show. He's a very fine stand-up uh, in his own right, and he's doing his first... I can't believe it's his first solo show. He could be the Perrier newcomer. He's about 40 years old. So uh, will you please welcome my first guest today, and, uh, and hopefully we haven't... Is, uh, are you here, Lou? Have you turned... Oh, you are. That's right. We do have two guests then. Uh, so uh, here's our first guest. It could have been our only guest. Will you please welcome the incredible Matthew Crosby? Thank you. I'll talk into the microphone, yep. So thank you for mentioning that uh, we didn't like one of our members and we kicked him out. Because, of course, yeah. you were in a double act, yes. and uh, you're the one the nation doesn't like quite as much. Ooh, so, uh, hey. slam, Ooh, I've slam. It's <laughs> not a good start, was it? I just, no, it was, was just it teasing. Uh, but, uh, and you could talk, bring up the whole Andrew Collins thing as well. Then. That's a good point, That's yeah. All, we're, we're really we should talk. Do you want to talk about that? It's just a marketing exercise, that, though. That's oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah, we're just trying to... It wasn't it. with us, we just didn't no. like him. <laughs> <laughs> he was my favourite one. I went off and he was the one who, but he was the one who looked least like a monkey. So that we, you were right to get rid of. It was him. bad for the brand. <laughs> we we needed us all to look a bit like chimps. Bad for the Simeon brand, the Pappy Simeon brand. Well, let's not dwell on that. What show are you doing here in Edinburgh this year? I'm doing a show called Adventure Party, uh, and it's on at 4:45 at the Pleasance Courtyard every day. Every day. Every day for every the rest of my day. life. That's good. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's unfair that you just perform during the Edinburgh Festival. It's unfair on people who aren't here for the Edinburgh Festival. So yeah. I'm going to perform it continually Continue. for the rest of my life. Just in that room. Yeah, just in, in that cellar. room. Yeah. What happens to the cellar when it's not a cellar in the Edinburgh Fringe? Do you I know think what? it gets turned into an actual cellar. You're just back into a cellar. Just so you could be there. Just I could just be there with loop. beer barrels around me yeah. and... Uh, gunpowder and whatever else they keep in cellars. <laughs> if you uh, could go to a dining experience that was based on any TV show, Matthew Crosby, what would it be? That's a, uh, All right. What about... Uh, okay, here, what about the countdown uh, <laughs> where you're given a variety of disparate foods that don't really fit together. You've got 30 seconds to eat them yeah. and you have to shit out a word. <laughs> that would be good. That's quite, that's quite complicated. Yeah, it's so quite You have compli- to digest the food in it's 30 adventure. seconds. Yeah. Do, 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 do. I'm only still chewing it. Do, 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 do. Oh, I'm never going to shit this out. You c- or you can, or you can uh, puke it up to spell a number. Okay. <laughs> spell a number? Is that that's possible. N-I-N-E would spell a number. That would be nine. Yeah. Do you want to do any more? Well, <laughs> we can test you out. I think we've found a new game show here, Richard. <laughs> it could we? be good. He's a little. He's one of the little youngsters. I like to think of him, but now you're kind of in the middle bracket, aren't you? When I came, started doing stand up again in about 2005, the first gig I did, you were on at that gig. That was at the Amersham Arms. It was in uh, in, in uh, New Cross. New Cross, yeah. So I've so I've been following your career with interest, <laughs> young man. You, yeah, it's, so it's good cr- to see you doing a show. So what's so in the show? It's, it's about Nando's, right? It's I all talk about a lot. Nando's. I talk a lot about Nando's. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, I talk a lot about Nando's. You uh, do that anyway, though. You're, twi- I t- I pretty much you're on Twitter, and pretty much all everything on Twitter is Nando's, right? I'm, all, I'm always live tweeting Nando's. 
Fans. Who's any fans of Nando's in? Come on, you fellas. Do they have Nando's in Edinburgh? They must do. They've got two. Two, yeah. Yeah. Thanks very much, one person. Yes, they've got two. They've got two. <laughs> do you work for Nando's? Yeah. Oh, no, don't shake your head like it's a bad thing. Have you got one of those Nando's celebrities get given these black Nando cards yeah, and that allow them to have free Nando's whenever they want? I, I think the key word there is the first word of your sentence. Celebrities get given them, Richard. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you're a celebrity. Not technically, no. You're on no. TV. I've, you're I've, on the TV Channel 4 showcase. Or is it E4? Yeah, exactly. You're not a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> you're that my counts. friend and you don't even know what, you know what I do. I was on TV today. Were you? Yeah, I was on TV myself today. Anyone see me on TV? There was a very... Uh, we might talk about it later, because funnily enough, it kind of matches up with my... I'm trying to go through year by year in my Edinburgh Fringe, but they, I was interviewed for the BBC... I'm on, I was on the news. I was a bit worried. I was in the gym, <laughs> fuming about the towel, still thinking... I'd found another towel in the, in the locker for free. That was, that was the annoying thing. Why did I pay? And, uh, then, and, and then scrolling along the bottom of the screen, West London man charged <laughs> one pound for towel, <laughs> and there's your face. I thought, I thought it, my face came up, and I thought... And then there was a face of me really, there was a clip of me really young. I thought, oh my God, I've died. I've actually, <laughs> I'm dead. And this I had to is come, hell. I, I get charged to, a pound for I a towel. I had to put on the speakers, you know, my, I had to change from, I was listening to some music and I had to look, listen to that instead. But they had a clip of me um, from 1988. It was my second fringe when, um, I'll, t I'll, I'll tell the story now. I might Go ask for you for it. later. But uh, we were in the Oxford Review, which was unpopular in 1988, uh, but at least kind of had some presence. It's kind of now... Uh, it's still going, I think, the Oxford Review, but it's a very kind of low-key thing, and good luck to those youngsters. Uh, and uh, But at that time, the, the established comedians, the alternative comedians, kind of hated the Oxbridge, everything Oxbridge stood for, perhaps correctly, but they took out their spleen on us. We were just some 19-year-old children, basically, who they decided to bully. And Keith Allen, who I don't like because of this, uh, came to review the show for the, whatever the culture, the Edinburgh Knights was called then, uh, and he was drunk, maybe even on drugs, and uh, that's what I said to him later, and he went, uh, and, uh, uh, and he uh, was, he moved, there was a crash mat for the first sketch where I pressed, pushed Ben Moore off this high ledge onto this crash mat, and um, Creef Allen moved the crash mat for the first sketch. He was and getting ben, up, he was shouting, and he Ben shouted, Moore died. And he, he? he did, he shouted, she shouted, jump now, you fucker. Uh, and I just thought, well, I've got to be professional, so I pushed Ben Moore off anyway. <laughs> And he'd survive, he did survive. <laughs> he, did, he was a young and lithe man there. But the next, and then, and then Keith Allen went out of the theatre after the first sketch, uh, punched the theatre manager as he left. <laughs> He's very rock and roll. And then went on TV and the review of the show, of which he'd seen one sketch of, which he'd slightly spoilt, I would argue, by shouting all the way through it. It wasn't very good, but that's not the point. Uh, he and said, this has only just been on the news. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's got through. It said, um, he said, uh, the Oxford Review, as you'd expect, crap. Harsh. So we said it was a bit unfair because they hadn't seen the show. So the next week they let us go on. Me and one of the other one of the other cast went on to have a discussion thing with Keith Allen, Muriel Gray. I think Malcolm Hardy was there uh, just to basically get humiliated again. Was the <laughs> so they showed a little clip from the, which I haven't seen for years of this thing. I look so incredibly young and unfairly on the news. I, I, mean, I don't know if this is news that in 24 years a, a man goes from looking quite young to looking quite old. <laughs> but they, the boat went. Here's Richard Herring when he was in his first fringe, which it wasn't, and they showed a young picture of me going, uh, and then... And good now, argument, and good now, argument. And look at him, here he is now, to my old wrinkly gonk face. Go, oh, as if, you know, as if... What a slow um, news day. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's in the proper news. I think it'll be on tonight. So, so it's listen, like 18-year-old no longer 18 years old. <laughs> yeah. That was it's, the story. It's a bleak thing to have to see that, you know... 
happen immediately. And thank God that just didn't happen overnight, that transition, because it would have been hard to cope with. But anyway, so that was, but it was me going, actually, we have the Oxford Review. I remember I got really upset because they were being really horrible to me. And I, my voice was just getting higher and higher. Well, actually, none of us went to public school and we pay our own money to do the Oxford Review. So it's not, and so you're being really unfair. <laughs> so I basically just got humiliated twice by Keith Allen, but I'll get my revenge on him. I, I ran these in, days. I ran into Keith Allen um, in the in the Phoenix Bar in London. It's oh, like yeah. a late opening bar, and obviously he's a uh, functioning alcoholic allegedly. <laughs> so uh, so that's where that's where he was. Um, but he he walked in, and I think ordinarily lots of his friends would be hanging out in the Phoenix because he walked in and went, "Who here wants to suck my cock?" <laughs> and then realised he knew nobody in the bar <laughs> and had to sit down very quietly on his own, half a shandy. It probably works for him. I've seen him. I saw him outside. Uh, what is it? Gar, not Gar, what's not the Belushi? You know the Belushi's chain of pubs, which is like the, the most youth hostels. Horrible, horrible yeah. pub youth the hostel come I've bars, been yeah. I've been on in a gig really late and had some drinks at the thing, and I came in Hammersmith, and the, the one on Hammersmith roundabout. I came out, and it was two o'clock in the morning or something like that. And Keith Allen was outside Belushi's, pissed off his face. He was doing a show play in Hammersmith that time, just talking to no one. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe I don't need to be too harsh on him. That is his life. Maybe, well, maybe. Well, actually, it doesn't matter. I've got another Keith Allen story. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> this is that's what the, the theme of today is. It's, yeah, all it's Keith, the Keith, it's Allen, the Keith Allen podcast. It's time Weirdly, for us to get our revenge. Twenty-four years on. Weirdly, the Keith Allen podcast doesn't feature Keith Allen himself. It's just people talking about anecdotes. Should get evidence. him on as a guest. Now, um, yeah, don't you think? And just put and push him onto a crash mat. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so he. Um, we, we, I was at the Latitude Festival a couple of years ago, and. Um, I didn't even I didn't even know Keith Allen was at the Latitude Festival, but uh, backstage it was the last night of the festival, and they said, "All right, we've got all this rider, so the the entire rider is free. Anyone could take it away with them. That's fine." And that very and she didn't even the woman saying it wasn't even saying it in a particularly loud voice, but Keith Allen, who wasn't backstage at that point, suddenly shows up backstage with two bags for life, like Sainsbury's. <laughs> Saves his bags for life, just empties it into the bags for life and strolls off. I couldn't believe it. It's like he's got some sort of sonar radar. If anyone says, oh, the bar's free, he's immediately there with his bags for life. It's good that he carries bags. <laughs> it's good that he doesn't, you know, he's not well, he destroying the planet. They at are the same bags time. for life. Yeah. He has them with, you know, not just for Christmas. They're bags for killing himself with alcohol if he's not careful. That's true. That's he always true. gets his cock out. That's what Keith Allen does. That's his party piece, getting his cock out in public. Idiot. Is it worthwhile? I don't think so. But <laughs> you've got to take it where you can get it sometimes, eh? That's the, that's the If he came in and now said, do you want to suck my cock, would you give it a go? No? Good. It's good to know our audience have some standards Absolutely. of morality. Um, I might give it a go. You might suck Keith yeah. Allen's cock. Is there any circumstance you can envision you would suck Keith Allen's cock? This is much more fun than the Michael yeah. Egg one already, isn't it? I didn't didn't, is get, didn't get any... Michael Egg just talked all the time. I didn't get a chance to ask him questions like that. If there was some sort, of, like right, say I could definitely cure cancer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be it. Defi- yeah, we'd do it. Yeah, or I um, wouldn't do it. No. I, <laughs> you, well, you quite like cancer, don't you? You're big. <laughs> well, you know, the human race has to be has to be uh, marshaled uh, by nature. I'm not suggesting human beings get in on that and start killing the ones they don't like. Right. It's a, it's a thought. It's an idea. Are you like the Westboro Baptist Church? Do you thank God for AIDS as well? <laughs> I do. Well, the Westboro... No, it wasn't. Who was... When I was in Glasgow, who was it? What were they called? They were called oh, the... Oh, no, no. No, it wasn't the Westboro Baptist. There were different people on the... Uh, 
Oh, fuck it. My, my brain doesn't work anymore. I mean, I'm only, to be honest, I've only been in Edinburgh for two days, three you are days. An, you are an old man. I'm very, very old. I, I saw that on the news. I couldn't remember the, yeah, that is the news. I couldn't remember the name of uh, Father Dougal from Father Ted or Father Jack. I nearly couldn't remember the name of Father Ted from Father Ted. <laughs> I mean, just the character I'm talking about as well. The other day, I was on stage last time. I mean, it's t- literally, I've had one day where I've done two shows. Yesterday, I did one show and I had to have a nap. At five o'clock, and now my brain stopped working, and this is just the second one of these. Could you I'm in massive trouble? Could you and I thought I'd make some fucking to... money doing. This. I thought I'd do this, the stand. I'll make some money because if a hundred people turn up, then at least I won't lose money. Thirty fucking people turned up, Matthew Crosby, to see you. I'm going to be losing. I'll be have fucking the only act in the stand who has to give the stand some money at the end. <laughs> it's all gone tits up. So come and see it at home. You can win twenty five pounds in coins today. I don't know. I think I think your temperament is what's uh, making you I'm prematurely age. I'm very cross. That's what it is. You're so angry. You, you've got the, you've got the body of an old man I now. Do. <laughs> it anger. If you stay happy all the time, maybe you'll stay forever young. That's right. It's impossible to know because no one has ever done that, have they? Mind you, Mother Teresa was pretty cool, and she looked worse than <laughs> Mother, anyone. And she, she was, Mother so that Teresa was, was pretty. She cool. was pretty laid back, <laughs> wasn't she? Yeah, she was always skateboarding around she the place. Was. But look at her. She had the most, uh, the oldest. She was only 23 when she died. And she had that oh. wrinkled old gonk face, didn't she? Some fans of Mother Teresa in tonight. I noticed. I mean, I'm in trouble again. Don't You're getting nothing don't but wrinkled dare, old gonk. Don't you dare have a go. I should uh, say to Michael Legg was very upset after doing it. Michael, Michael Legg, who you may remember from the first show, if you heard it, is, is doing a show about politeness. And um, I, because I broke my Tascam at the end of the show, a man, drunk man, knocked it over. I was a little bit preoccupied, and I forgot to say thank you to Michael Legg for. Well, doing should we thank show. him now? Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Michael. Fucking prick. Wow. Oh, and can I say thank you? Oh, I'm sorry. Fuck off. Thanks, Michael Legg, for coming on. So just watch out. Watch your step, Matthew Crosby. I, I won't thank. I haven't I asked for thanks. I can asked I for thank anything. you now, so in case I forget later on? But Absolutely. Then, yeah. If I do that, what if in the second half of the show you do an atrocity of some kind? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then people the say, off. Richard Herring, thank you. He did that. Matthew Crosby came in. He attacked a woman in the audience. He just punched her in the face for no reason. And Richard Herring said, thank you for doing that. <laughs> and we'd both be tarred with the same brush. He brought Keith Allen up on stage, started <laughs> fellating him. It was really upsetting. <laughs> Awful, if awful Keith, end to the show. Very bad for an audio podcast as well. All you could hear yeah. was just a kind of... That's it. Do you think in this scenario that you've envisaged, Keith Allen would come and say, if you suck my cock, the cancer will be eradicated. Would you suck the cock before you had any evidence of that? <laughs> would you say, I'll his do it. His word is his bond. <laughs> I'll, do I'll do it once you prove that cancer has been eradicated. He says, no, you have to do it first. That's the only way it'll happen. I'll would take, you do it then? Would you take I'll the take chance? I'll take a chance. I'll take a chance. In fact... Uh, eczema or asthma or any of that just even a really mild disease I tell you what if you could cure yeah, I could have cure I could have cure like stinging nettles <laughs> that's all it would be I'd be like yeah of course Keith you really want to you, really, you really want to suck Keith Evans I thought sort of do and some people have just arrived at that, that point to this hear that, the was the, that was the first uh, thing they heard you really want to suck Keith Evans this is my kind of show I'm staying <laughs> this looks like a good one so that, have, you, have you seen any shows at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival yet I have seen nothing I saw Alex Horn's show which was uh, was incredible it was really really good um uh, although he was slightly plagued with uh, tech difficulties. Oh, of course, it's early. It's early on. Because I think you came backstage and dropped all his equipment on the floor, <laughs> didn't you? I came in uh, just smashing things. But yeah, no, it's, it was. It was. It was still. Uh, he, he's fantastic. He's really, really funny. And also, I'm, I'm helping uh, Joel. I'm directing Joel Domit's show, so mm. I've been. I've watched that twice now. 
and it's really good. Uh, Joel Domit's doing a show called Neon Hero, and it is on at 6.50 at the Pleasance Dome. And it's about, he fell in love with uh, a girl from Hollywood. He interviewed her for a TV show, fell in love with her, and spent a lot of money following her around the world while she fucked other people. <laughs> and uh, it's a wonderful story. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Very heartwarming. <laughs> and did they get, oh, I don't want to ruin it. Are they now going out with each other? Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that's a shame for him. Yeah. Well, the oh. best thing I've seen, though, with talking, if you, you watched, uh, I noticed that you watched a girl get mugged and just sort of chuckled about it. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't think first. to chase after the fellow. Well, to be yourself. honest, I was carrying, I was carrying, my, it was kind of an incredible thing to witness because these guys ran past laughing, really like, they were like two characters out of train spotting. They were. Right. The, like, so Bino. I thought it could be a train spotting tribute lunch thing. I thought there may be <laughs> some dinner involved in it. They were just, ah, it was like two, two Ewan McGregors running past shaved head, laughing. I thought they were just friends. She came around and she sounded like she was laughing. She was going, ah, ah, ah. But I think it literally just happened. And so she, they raced on and she came through and she was this little woman, but she was pelting. She was going so fast. And I had my, I'd, I'd, I'd done some late night shopping and had some groceries. And I thought, there's no way, even if I didn't have these groceries, I could catch up with any of those people. So there was no point once they'd gone past. But I think she might have actually caught them. But then I wonder what she would have done because they were two quite burly, frightening, let's say, heroin addicts. Right. Uh, and uh, let's just make that assumption. I'm they not saying scary. all heroin addicts are thieves, but uh, <laughs> all the ones in Edinburgh are. Uh, but <laughs> I've watched Train Spot and I know what happens, and they'll punch you in the face for no reason in the bar if you're an English person. Uh, uh, so uh, no uh, there was no point in trying but she she pelted after them it was very exciting but well let's hope that she uh, did you not think what do you do you not have anything heavy like a jar of jam you could have thrown <laughs> and hit one of them on the back of the head that's that what would have been good that's what I would have done that's what Crocodile Dundee would have done isn't yeah. it that's, uh, that's how I, I based my life around Paul Hogan <laughs> as much as I can but, well I, I saw a bloke last night who was uh, he was ostensibly begging uh, but he had a really good ruse. Or it wasn't a really good ruse, a really inventive ruse, at least, uh, in that he claimed to have padlocked himself into his own trousers. So he, uh, he came up to me and said, oh, can you give me some money, please? I'm trying to get this uh, padlock off. And he pulled up his shirt, and he had, like, a chain tied around his waist three times, padlocking his jeans on with, like, with a little combination lock on the padlock. And I said, oh, you don't need money. You just need a hacksaw. And he's like, yeah, yeah, but I, I, can't, I haven't got a hacksaw. He's like, oh, you've got to borrow a hacksaw off someone. And I said, well, look, just wait till the morning, borrow a ha hacksaw. And he's like, no, 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 I can't wait till the morning. Uh, I, I want to go, go for a Piss. I was like, well, look, your flies aren't padlocked up. <laughs> Take your cock out, go for a piss, go to sleep, wake up in the morning, go to home base. And I don't know why, because it was clearly a ruse, but I was genuinely trying to rational. He was like, yeah but, yeah, but what about if it's a number two? Well, it's not a number two at the moment, is it? It's not a number two. Take your cock out, have a piss. You could have gone down his trouser leg, couldn't he? He could have he just could, uh, positioned, also, his, yeah. positioned his anus just there. Position his anus on the back there. of his thigh. That's just very. There. <laughs> just down there, down his trouser leg. You get, this is why you've got to come at home. This is why you've got to come and see. Because I'm literally doing this. I am actually defecating at the moment. <laughs> just to show how possible it is. You might get a small amount of poo on your trousers. I, I think if you were absolutely desperate for a poo. He could you wipe could, those, well, couldn't you? He, he could, could cut himself out of his trousers. He could cut himself. If you're absolutely desperate. Why was that, why was that his ruse? I've got no idea. He, he padlocked him. He said he, was, he fell asleep and his mates padlocked him into his trousers. <laughs> But you know he had he had like no <laughs> teeth and uh, you know a, a tourniquet round his uh, round his arm and a needle sticking out of his forehead. Yeah, you know, he was he was clearly he was clearly strung out on something and he thought it would be a brilliant idea. I've padlocked myself into my trousers. Could you give me forty p to go towards a hacksaw? It's nice, it's inventive, but the whole of Edinburgh changes at this time, so that is impossible to know. 
if that's genuine or someone's just publicising their show, you'll see a poster tomorrow about, you know, Hacksaw, hacksaw me out of my pants. I'm that's actually... That's yeah. the new show. And you go, oh, that was the guy. I must go and see that. He was brilliant. Maybe he was like uh, one of those street performers you get on Hunter Square and he was just like the worst escapologist. He was like, uh, I haven't practised. I came up, I put all the chains on and I thought, oh yeah, I don't know how to get out of this. Can I have 40p? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any Edinburgh memories? I've told you my Keith Allen Edinburgh memory. Do you have one from an Edinburgh past? Well, you were talking. Funny stories. Yeah, you were talking about. Uh, well, Point. It can be a sad story. It can be how about you cried. You cried yourself to sleep one night. I bet that's happened in Edinburgh. Well, I've, I've got a very sad story, but it ends with ah, I can't really cure cancer. <laughs> um, <but it's> just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Wipes mouth. Um, so, so no. Like the thing is, I'm. Um, uh, I, I was uh, in Pappy's uh, Fun Club as we were. I was always sort of the least fun member. Yeah. Uh, I'm sort of the one who's you know working out spreadsheets of what what publicity we have to do and when we should be flying and that kind of stuff. So I sort of lived vicariously through uh, through Ben and, uh, and and Tom. And uh, do you and ever have trouble, by the way? Knowing which one's which, because I, I always remember your name, but with them, I can never remember which one's which. I always I cover until I hear one of them say the other one's name. Well, you but I, do you ever have that problem, or oh, is it just me? I don't have that problem, but when Brendan was uh, was with us, he That's actually, because we, we always start the show by saying, Hey, I'm Tom, hey, I'm Ben, hey, I'm Brendan, hey, I'm Matthew, together we're Pappy's Fun Club. And uh, one time, Brendan introduced himself <laughs> as Matthew. <laughs> uh, which, which, and I was the last person on the line that to go, uh, You're not Brendan, you're Brendan, I'm Matthew. <laughs> I think he was a bit nervous. Was, that, was, was that the moment you realised it was time? It may to be. Yeah. A three piece. If you can't even stick to the part of the script where you say your own name, then there's a problem. Um, yeah. But no, that was. But just, Ben's the one who looks like the most monkey-like. He's one. the one who looks most like a monkey yeah, and um, is hung like King Kong. Yeah. And he's very good-looking. He's I a good-looking. If I had to have sex with Pappy, I, I want to go back to the story. You've talked about this many I, times. If I had to have sex, with you talk about this as much as I talk about Keith Allen uh, Felatio. If I was forced to do it, if I could cure cancer by <laughs> I had to, but only by doing them in the correct order. I would <laughs> Ben first. I'm sorry, Matt, that's, but you would be fine. second, Matthew. Then Brendan would. I'd bring Brendan. You'd bring back. him back. <laughs> I'd bring him back, and then and then it would be the other one. Tom, Tom, his name Tom. I've forgotten. And if I had to make a human caterpillar centipede out of you, <laughs> that would be a caterpillar. In our case. A human caterpillar. Slightly sweeter. <laughs> then I'd put uh, I'd put Tom <laughs> Tom at the front. And the rest of you would have to... And Brendan at the back. You, you two in the middle. Why do you... Uh, at that point? <laughs> uh, it's like... Uh, Brendan at the back? <laughs> uh. So, because Brendan would have to eat the shit of all three of you mingled together in his own mouth. I can't say anything about that. We don't really talk anymore. I wasn't this, um, I wasn't this disgusting uh, on the first episode. Sorry if people, anyone listened to the first episode. Oh, Richard Herring seems like a charming young man. Interview, politely interviewing Michael Leggins, sitting back, letting, letting him tell all his stories. This time I'm being rude and interrupting. Carry on with your interesting tale. Thank you very much, Richard. Uh, so I sort of live vicariously through... Parkinson uh, doesn't do that, does he? Parkinson doesn't oh, go... fuck If me. you had to make a human centipede of <laughs> <laughs> your friend, where would you go? Sorry, carry on. Billy Connolly telling a lengthy <laughs> anecdote about sacking off Keith Allen. Nice. Um, Maybe the bicycle rack was the end of a human cat centipede. That could be the, just the that could be the back of it, and inside there was a human centipede. We don't know that. That's the famous part Parkinson story. There. It invo- involved a bottom. No. Okay. <laughs> Move on. So anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So so last year, um, every year Ben comes up to the festival and has his own little festival of ladies, and um, <laughs> uh, and, and last year um, he 
we went, took home a girl who was working uh, Pleasant Star front of house and uh, t- took her home, woke up in the morning in, and she'd gone. That's sort of fairly standard practice. Um, <laughs> she disappeared. But all like her, uh, all her, like her shoes were there and her <laughs> laminates were there. So clearly she uh, just, uh, fled barefoot, um, you know, like, uh, <laughs> like Joe Cole uh, did that one time uh, down my road. Uh, or, or, or she was still somewhere in the flat. So I went into the bathroom. She wasn't there. Went in all the other rooms. Couldn't find her. Went back into the bedroom and could hear breathing. Uh, so he was sort of looking around, looked under the bed, and he found her wearing only a T-shirt in the wardrobe, asleep. And he opened the wardrobe, and she was like, what have you done to me? Why have you put me in a wardrobe? And he, had, he didn't put her in a wardrobe. That's not one of his peccadilloes. He doesn't like... Doesn't like wood paddling around his ladies. Um, so, so she just got into the wardrobe in the middle of the night, and it got to the po- it got to the point where like this sort of story kind of uh, took on, and loads of people. We had dinner with our agents, and the first thing she said to Ben was, "So what's this about a girl in a wardrobe?" He was like, "Ah!" And then um, I mentioned it on stage, and it got a cheer from the audience. So people in the audience knew what was going on, <laughs> and even Anthony, who runs the Pleasants, gave a, a thank you uh, like a speech to all the front of house staff. And, and mention the wardrobe girl. <laughs> so like it literally, everybody seemed to. I don't know who this girl is, but somewhere out there is poor old wardrobe girl. How did she get in the wardrobe? I think she slept walked into the wardrobe. Right. Maybe she's massive looking for Narnia. What if? <laughs> what if Ben slept walked and put what, her in the wardrobe? It, it, that, that's true. Kept slept walked, carried her. <laughs> can you do that in your sleep? Carry someone into a wardrobe? Uh, presumably you can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I haven't done the well, research. Well, it's interesting that he couldn't find her the first time, and then he found her the second time. It's like it's, um, it's like an enchant. It's like an enchanted wardrobe he had. That's yeah. the interesting thing. Well, I think he was a magician's cabinet. It could have been. If you wake up in the morning and you can't find your your partner or, or whoever you've slept with the night before you don't immediately go well must be <laughs> check the chest of drawers <laughs> it's not the initial instinct is I it? thought it was going to be a lot more, more sinister story I think when it she started was, she, was it was gonna, she was dead she was dead you know like when people you know when people uh, like in the night str- covered it strangle up. their partners <laughs> and they wake up and feel terrible remorse that's what happened it was it brilliant it would have been amazing just if in this moment me asking for you a story you accidentally spilt this thing we all covered up the murder <laughs> we, knew, we knew it would affect our TV career uh, <laughs> finally I've got the guilt has been too much for me Ben is a murderer. If Ben ever kills a woman, you're going to look like an idiot now. You could have stopped it all. Yeah, and should, I'm going to play this back to you. And you go, should never mm-hmm. have thanked me. And I shouldn't. <laughs> Good. Well, uh, maybe we'll uh, have a little bit of an interlude and get some uh, stand-up comedy. Uh, and then we'll have to think of something else to say afterwards, though. Sounds good. We'll go and regroup and think about stuff to talk about. All right. So uh, every day I'm going to give uh, five minutes of stand-up to uh, someone who's first fringe or new, with, new to the fringe. Uh, and then you have to go and see their shows because they're amazing, all the people I will choose. So will you please welcome today's guest is the amazing Lou Sanders. Is this podcast edited or does it go out no, live? Well, I better do my good stuff then, but and I. I was going to tell you a load of old shit at the start, but I won't bother. Um, now some of you are worried. Just relax yourself. It's fine. You look particularly... Bo- look, I don't know if this will help because he looks a bit worried, but when my mum and dad... When I was younger, my mum and dad said um, they wanted to go to France for the day, and I didn't want to go to France for the day. But when I got there, it was Okay. Does that, <laughs> does that help any? You're young. <laughs> You're very young, aren't you? How old are you? I'm 
16. I was a complete knob when I was uh, 16. <laughs> well, you look quite. Um, that's young. That's the Richard Fer Herring sort of, you know, demographic, young girls. How long is it going to last for, though? <laughs> but um, I was, when I was 15, right, I was a complete tool. Uh, it's hard to believe, I know. Um, hmm? What? Um, I, used to, right, I used to think I was a hippie, right, because I wore flares and because I had a collection of dream catchers. Oh, such a dick. I used to go to my friend Jules. Yeah, Jules, do you want to come around and see my dream catchers? I've like totally got 12 dream catchers now. <laughs> right, but I've still got the world's best of a dream catcher. In my pants! <laughs> Brilliant. So, I didn't realise we were allowed to talk about boy comics being tarts. But um, if it's open gates, then... Because <laughs> my, my friend... Can I mention someone that... Had, I don't want to be the one that mentions another book. But once Ben came into the, uh, the Pleasant Spa, right? <laughs> Might as well. And they did the thing that all boys do. This is so annoying, right? Where they pretend that they're really romantic, heartbroken sort of types. And he said to me, he said, um, yeah, like, I don't really get many girls. I don't know what's wrong with me. I just don't get girls. But it would have been more authentic if he didn't have two 16-year-olds, one on each charm at the time. <laughs> Ridiculous. But um, I don't think I can tell you the other thing because it involves someone else. I better not. Shame, isn't it? Nick Helm. What? So, no, 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 don't worry. Um, right, so what shall we talk about? Oh, yeah. Um, when I, uh, the other thing that I did when I was 15, right? Oh, no, I'll tell you something else. What? Where's she going? Don't worry. I know what I'm doing. Um, well, do you like older boys, like 20-year-old, 21-year-old? Are you with your mo mother at the moment? Yes. Oh, yes, she is, and I don't want to know. Well, I'm imagining you love 20-year-old cock, right? <laughs> just a joke, just a joke, just a joke. 16, though, it's legal. What are you on about? Anyway, but, but when I... Oh, God, they look horrified. Right, but... <laughs> nice day out, though, isn't it? Nice family day out. Good. Everyone enjoying themselves? Good. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, I used to love getting tucked up by older blokes because kids my age would go around with machine guns, but their fingers, like, they, they would pretend they were guns. Like, that is quite immature. I know now they've got actual real guns. <laughs> but, like, at the time, I thought that's far too immature, right? And so I liked older blokes, but if they, if, like, an older bloke would chat me out, because I'd go to pubs and stuff, you know, like you are now, and you can't sort of say, you can't say you're real age, you know, you can't, like, if they're 21 or, and you're 15, you can't say you're real age, like, in case they're not a nonce, you know? <laughs> but <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't used to lie. I didn't used to like lying. I, I hate, I don't really like lies, you know? Like, unless the question is, have you done much horse riding? That's my own reasons. So I couldn't say my real age, right? So I didn't know what to say until I found this, <laughs> oh God, it's really awful. I found this saying, I don't know where I got it from, but I thought it was so profound when I said it, they think, well, she's so mature, she's at least 27. <laughs> right, I'll, I'll tell you what it was. We'll, we'll do role play. Pretend we're in Louisa Bay. Like, um, you say, how old are you? And I'll give you the answer I gave when I was 15. So I just... How old are you? Um, age is not a time or place. It is a state of mind. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Actually said that on a number of occasions. <laughs> I think they probably thought, well, it doesn't matter how old you are, you're a knob, right? <laughs> what? No one thought age was a time or place. You don't be like, oh, we're just off on our holes. Oh, yeah, where are you going? Eight years old. <laughs> Ridiculous. So, um, well done for not being such a knob. Um, still, I hope you're not going to have an awkward conversation when you get home. <laughs> probably. Oh. 
what's that? So do you. Oh, he is worried. <laughs> well, you should be doing your exams instead of chasing cock then, shouldn't you? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not usually this blue. I do apologise to you and your family. Um, do you, so it's, it's just the three of you out, is it? Yeah. Good, well, I hope you're having a great time. Um, right, hello. Oh, the other thing I tried to do is ban, um, I tried to ban magazines in my school, like Just 17 and stuff. Very popular. <laughs> I was very popular. On a sort of anarchist sort of tirade against sort of, well, I was a bit of a feminist, right? And uh, that's right, boys, a feminist. <laughs> and um, so I'm going to do this material, but as a, there are a lot of sort of big blokes in, so I'm going to tell you about it, but I'll do it in a sexy way. <laughs> Something for everyone. Oh my God, I totally dropped the microphone. <laughs> no, <don't>. uh, <laughs> it's a visual joke for the podcast. A very funny visual joke just happened, as you were. Um, so yeah, so I tried to ban this magazine. Well, all magazines, right? I thought that were sort of for women or for young kids, like just 17 and stuff. I've got to get off now. Have we got time to tell this or not? Yeah, why not? And then fuck off, yeah? Mm, yeah. Um, so, right, but, but I hated them because they were all like full of all these images, right, of airbrush models, impossible to achieve. And then they all had articles like things like, um, oh, did your best friend fancy your boyfriend? Well, I, I'm quite paranoid and I've not even thought of this. You know, it's like really like, getting you to feel jealous and competitive of other women as opposed to like supportive and camaraderie. You know, I thought that's pound seventy to feel shit about myself. I can get the bus to my ex-boyfriend's for a pound. That's 70 being left over for sausages. Um, well, I've, I've ended on a rather average one, um, so <laughs> as I want to do. Right, um, you've been lovely. Good night. But good what? It's not even Lou Saunders, uh, who is um, in a show called How To Be Awesome. I think she disappeared. Uh, what, where, whereabouts, what time is it on? Five o'clock at the Gilded Blue. So go and see that. I saw it in preview. It was very good. Is this, is this your phone down here? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll take that one. That's good. Uh, so it's good to get one in the bank. I'll run away with that. I wonder how many iPhones will be stolen during the course of uh, the Edinburgh Fringe this year. That would be a good statistic to find out. Would it? Yeah, let's look into it. Okay. Uh, do you know, uh, Matthew Crosby, <laughs> that they have found water on Mars? Have you seen this story? They've, uh, they've, you know, they've been sending loads of like, spacecraft to Mars and stuff, taking photos of it. Like the Beagle? Yeah. Yeah. Now, that was uh, that Charles was Darwin. No, it wasn't. That was, it, the Beagle was trying, to get to, uh, <laughs> was trying to get to Mars, wasn't they it? They named it the same, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a little historical joke. One person, yeah, they got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't very funny. Uh, but I got it. Uh, but yeah. it seems like, you know, that's, why is that a big deal? If they'd found like a little vole, kind of Mars vole or something, that would be quite exciting. But some water, they, we've got water here. It's a long way to go. To get yeah. some water just in the dressing room in a fountain. Absolutely. That I'm not making a big fuss about it and telling Volvic, the world. Breck and Carrick. Yeah. There's loads of water available. There is. So I don't Evian. See, if there was oil, if there was oil or gold, if, if Mars turned out to be made of a giant ruby, that would be interesting news, wouldn't it? Yeah. But there's water on Mars. Just take some water with you. Get some bottles. Put a That's what they say, isn't it? Yeah. It's like travelling on the uh, on the underground in London. <laughs> yeah. Carry a bottle with you because it will get hot. You've seen the end of Total Recall. You know what it's like on Mars. Your eyes get all big. <laughs> your face turns into a really uh, uh, rubbery mask. And then someone says, you think this is the real quay? <laughs> it is. That's what happens on Mars. I love Total Recall. Anyone into Total Recall? What do you think about the remake? Looking forward to the remake of Total Recall? 
Is that a remake? Happen? There is are. It? They're doing a remake of hasn't it. Hasn't been in the works for ages. It though, has. Yeah. It? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's got Paulie Shaw is playing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's about time. <laughs> It'd be great if it was Paulie Shaw. Playing. The Weasel on Mars. Yeah. Does anyone here remember Paulie Shaw? <laughs> no, like they, don't, they don't. know who I'm talking about. It's good when because it's, it's all right if one person in the audience laughs, but when the other person laughing is also on stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's very poor comedy. But there'll be people at home really laughing at that. That's what I always. Make myself yeah, think because when, when there's just silence, think there'll be someone at home just they'll be on the bus going, Yeah, Paulie Shaw, and it will all have been worth it for that it, one person. Well, it, it may be, have been you, so if it was you, do email in and let me know, yeah, that you enjoyed the Paulie Shaw joke, yeah, from Paulie at paulieshaw.com. <laughs> Thanks for remembering, Thanks for mentioning me. What else you got to talk about? Um, we could do the competition, actually, we better do the competition. We're just, sitting, the, we're the, just sitting here chatting. So we're going to do a competition. If you you haven't heard, this is your chance to win £25 in coins, plus, and as it occurs to me, AI Ottoma, AI Ottoma thing, uh, and uh, some tickets to some other shows, which we might distribute, uh, because there's loads of them for other ones. Uh, For Bridget Christie, who's amazing. I go to see her every year. She's awesome. You've got to go and see her. And uh, also Will Hodgson, who's uh, the the most interesting character, I think, on the fringe. I I always end my festival by seeing uh, Will Hodgson, because he he really knows how to put an Edinburgh show together. He's fantastic. He's really... Really, really good. So those are some recommends from us and also go to uh, just out on the streets in Edinburgh and watch for people stealing people's possessions and running away. That is, yeah. that may be my favourite show of The Fringe by the end of it all but let's not, but let's not give the award yet. If I've already won the Spirit of the Fringe, the Richard Herring Spirit of the Fringe Award. That one has been given out already. No one can, no one else can win that. Uh, but the best show is there. Anyway, so we need you all to stand up. We're going to do a competition. Your chance to win. You need to get on your feet. Everyone in the room, not at home. Don't you, you can join in if you like. There are no. You can play along at home, but you can't win a prize. Uh, right. So we're going to make a series of statements. Some of them will be true. Some of them are false. If you think they're true, put your hands on your head. That is the seat of all truth. If they, you think they're false, put them on your bottom. Are we allowed to let sixteen-year-old girls touch their own bottoms? I don't know if that we can. You, you girls have to go for they true can touch every their own time. Bottoms, no, yeah, I don't think yeah. they can. Yeah, only your own bottoms. That's the seat. Of all falsehood uh, so uh, we, have you got have you got one have you got so just to start off yeah so it's true or false okay uh, my first trip to the fringe as a performer was in a play depicting various bible stories true or false he's reading off his phone that might be a chance everyone thinks it's true this could this could get nearly everyone's gone for true I hope it's false it'd be amazing what's the answer to that I'm afraid it was true oh. it was on at 10.50 at night at the uh, at the underbelly and it was uh, we, it was in the round and we would often have one or two people in the audience, <laughs> which for in the round isn't great, isn't great theatre. It was awful. Eleven o'clock at night. It was it was an hour and a half long. Did, so I did, couldn't drink for the whole day. Couldn't drink. Did anyone go for false on that? Well, that was a useless question. Uh, so I'll let's move to my first appearance at the Edinburgh Fringe in 1987. Was in a film in a play. Wasn't a film. That's so <laughs> obviously not in a play called Wee Willie Winky, in which I played a uh, I played Wee Willie in Wee Willie Winky. Is that true or false? Yeah, well, you say it's false because I made it a stutter in the middle. But maybe I did that deliberately. It is false, obviously. Uh, it was a, it was a, so sit down if you said true. Uh, Matt got two, we've got two down. This could take some time. This is going to take a uh, while. <laughs> I, was in a, I was in Old King Cole. I played Faz in Old King Cole. Oh, I right. should have just said I played Faz again and then no one would have known. No they they sensed no. the lie. Okay. My first stand-up gig at the Fringe, had two people in the audience. True or false? My first stand-up gig at the Fringe had two no, people... That's divided the audience a little bit. ...in the audience. This is self-policing. If you see anyone cheating at this to get their £25, do punch them in the face. <laughs> that You're allowed to do that. You made your mind up. And what, is that true or false? That was false. That was false. 
it started off with two people and then Will Hodgson and Ross Noble walked in. <laughs> and I shit myself. <laughs> and I actually ended up, I, I literally, what Ross Noble walked in and I began comparing him onto the stage. He'd come to watch the show and in a panic, I was like, Ross Noble's here, everybody. Who would like to see Ross Noble do some stand-up? Get him up. And he, to his credit, he got up on stage and did like 15 brilliant wow. minutes. Uh, he was fantastic, but I was just in a blind panic because I didn't want to do my first ever gig <laughs> in front of Ross Bloody Noble. So uh, All right, so I was on the BBC News today with Arthur Smith and Barry Cryer talking about with the veterans, which makes me feel very old. Uh, and Bar Barry Cryer revealed that this year is his 27th Edinburgh Fringe. Is that true or false? Well, that's there. I was going to divide them again. That is false. It's his 11th Edinburgh Fringe. So sit down if you said true. That's, we're getting close. Maybe one more question might do it. We need to get down to two, ideally. Okay. Right, we almost called, Pappy's almost called our 2008 show. <laughs> <laughs> True or false? Uh, that's the problem. That's true. That is true. But so we couldn't agree on how to spell it, and that is the only reason. <laughs> so we're down to five people. We'll do one more question. Um... Uh, the incident that I described uh, about the, the lady running down the street happened on Princess Street. Is that true or false? That's good. I divided them very well. That is false. I don't know what the name of it is, but it's not Princess Street. You idiots. That's the only one I could think of the name. So it's down to three. So let's, we're going to, well, I'm going to interview you. You can stay where you are because you're at the front. That's right. No one else at the back. What's your name, sir? Andy. Andy. What's your name? Chrissy. Chrissy. That's not, and what's your name? Jason. You two been vo voting together, tactically voting together. No, you're standing, you, you, you're going out with each other. Yeah, that you just that so finely attuned that <laughs> you went, you gave the same answers to every single question, and we're correct all the way. Right, we need you to give us which TV show. The audience will decide who wins the prize, but you'll all get some kind of prize. Don't worry. Which TV show would you like to see turned into a dinner-based uh, thing? <laughs> we'll start with you, sir. Thought this in advance. I should have. There's only this time's ticking down. Blue Peter. Blue Peter. What? Blue Peter. What would you like? Who? Do, what? Is there any reason? No, just I would like to. Just because you'd like Blue Peter. Which presenters would they be being? Just the dog from Blue Peter. Just the dog from Blue. Are you saying people would be eating dog food? <laughs> would it be Petra's skeleton? Petra's owner would be back. That's with. That's the second time I've done a routine about Petra's owner. Uh, off the cuff uh, and <laughs> I, I think you can beat that this, let's see if it stays in the relationship Blue Peter maybe not let's see it's hard one I'm going for the Teletubbies the Teletubbies it would be a little bit insane and what would they eat in the Teletubbies who knows they eat, what do they eat jelly or something custard so there you go if you'd answered that you could have been definitely in the lead I think you still are and uh I don't know why I asked your names. I can only remember Chrissy's name, but uh, you know that's the way I work because <laughs> she's very attractive and there's two ugly blokes standing up. Uh, you're way too good for him. Have you, look, have you seen him? How does this happen? <laughs> have you got a girlfriend? No. No. Not, no. Uh, which TV? You've got, you got the Teletubbies to beat, I think, but let's see. I think you get a lot of people through if you went for just a minute. Just a minute? So people had to eat without hesitation. Um, <laughs> Deviation, like eating things that aren't on their plate. Yeah. Like Just a minute steak. <laughs> good. I'm helping it's him good. out there. It's not a TV show or a film, but like yesterday, that didn't matter when the bloke just changed the thing as it went. <laughs> so we'll see who is the winner. Do we think it's Chrissy's boyfriend who doesn't deserve Chrissy? Has he won with Blue Peter? No. Is it Chrissy, who's very beautiful? Yeah, the girls have gone for that. That's weird. Some lesbian, the sapphic members of the audience there. Or is it this? What was your John, was it? 
Andy, yeah, I was, I was going to... I was just guessing. I'm like Professor Henry Higgins. John, Andy, doesn't matter. I'm like Professor it. Henry Higgins. If someone tells you their name once, <laughs> I can usually remember it. Right, then I can't. Uh, who thinks it was Andy? Andy's the winner. Andy, you have won. As it occurs to me, which is not available in the shops, it's only available from Go Faster Strike. Hold on Keep to that. Scope, Keep the money for scope. It's going back in the bucket for scope. Good lad. And also, uh, there is a pair of tickets to Bridget Christie. You two can go and see that. There you can take, you can find a girlfriend. Go to Bridget <laughs> uh, Will Hodgson. Go and go to Will Hodgson as well. Uh, and there you go. And then uh, <laughs> the lady there who. Uh, didn't want to suck off Keith Allen gets on as well. <laughs> and I think maybe, if, would you like to go and see Bridget Christie? There's only two tickets. You can go without your mum, and then uh, if Bridget Christie asks you about cock, you can answer the question. Because <laughs> your mum won't be there ruining it for everyone. <laughs> I've never seen two more embarrassed-looking 16-year-old girls. That is and not believe true, me, that is that hard is to... That true. is quite... <laughs> so, uh, that is the end of the show, pretty much. Uh, I'd like to thank Michael Legg for oh. yesterday. This is what... What I decided to do was every time I was going to thank the people the next day because I was going to look back and go, do you remember Michael Egg and Katie Wilkins? Weren't they brilliant guests? Uh, and today, uh, please give it up for Matthew Crosby. He's... Remind them where you're on, Matthew. It's Adventure Party, 4.45 at the Pleasance Courtyard. Thank you. And Lou Sanders, 5 o'clock at the Gilded Balloon. Fantastic show. Thanks to everyone at the stand. It's an island of brilliance within the sea of shit that is the Edinburgh Fringe. Do come and see all the shows here. Go and see Bridget Christie Will Hodgson. And come and see this tomorrow. And what is love anyway? I'm Anna at uh, the uh, uh, Cow Barn. Goodbye. Thank you very much.